Sorry. Want to jump into it? Well, once I f- make my f- final decision here. <laughs> Your list still isn't done? Well, like I say, it's like it's... The red light's on. We're recording. There are, <laughs> there are two different definitions of dark in my mind, and so I'm trying to like have a consistency. Welcome to Talking Beasts from NarniaWeb.com, where we explore the world of C.S. Lewis and keep a watchful eye on the latest Narnia movie news. This is Talking Beasts. Welcome back to Talking Beasts, the season premiere. This is Glumpuddle. And this is Movie Aristotle. And I believe last time you were on the podcast, we were talking about the funniest moments yep. in the Chronicles of Narnia. That is, I believe that is true. So uh, we're, we've got to cover the full spectrum. So today we're talking about the darkest moments in the Chronicles of Narnia. And what does dark even mean? So uh, great to have you back to get the, uh, the yin to the yang of our previous episode. Well, thank um, you. But um, so this is kind of the culmination of something that's been on my mind to do for kind of almost 15 years. It's just been percolating because it goes all the way back to the, for me, the Prince Caspian movie days when people start, we all start talking about, oh yeah, Prince Caspian. It's, it's gonna be, gotta be darker than Lion, mm. the Witch in the Wardrobe. Prince Caspian brings our four Pevensey children back to Narnia. 1,300 years have passed, and the world they knew no longer exists. I think it's a grittier, darker story. You may find Narnia a more savage place than you remember. I started to realize, I think we all kind of mean different things when we say dark. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think as we move into possibly another era of Narnia adaptation, Netflix still having the rights, uh, possibly actually producing something maybe (laughs) at some point, I think it's important we get this straight. Because I feel like I see fans around, I see a lot of fans who will say, oh, they better not make Narnia dark. They better not make Narnia dark and gritty. That would just be wrong. And I see other fans saying, maybe we'll finally get the dark Narnia adaptations we've all wanted. Um, Are you actually seeing that? Like, people saying I've that? seen a mixture of that. Talking about, like, oh, the Walden movies were a little too kiddy, a little too watered down for the kids. You know, like, let's get the... Let's really respect the, the the depth of the books and get something with some real darkness in it. Then I see others who don't want to go within a mile of anything like that. And But, uh, but uh, what I think is happening there is mainly... There's different definitions of what what we mean by dark. That's probably the case. Yeah, it's not so much that we. Um, I, I think th- th- these people are probably reading the same book and coming around way with maybe similar reactions. One would presume they're reading yes. the same oh, book. Yes. So, oh, is that? Oh, oh it's that Chronicles, Chronicles of, Narnia. of Narnia. I mean, the word Chronicles is in a lot of books, so oh. maybe that could, you know, maybe it's understandable. Um, let's have this straight. What do we mean when we say dark? And I've kind of come to the conclusion it's sort of subjective. People use it interchangeably to mean different things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also inspired by, I have to give a shout out to Cody, who posted a thread in the uh, Chronicles of Narnia Facebook group where he was asking, what is the second darkest Narnia book? Because most of us agree that the first, that number one is The Last Battle. So he's like, okay, what's the second darkest? Most of us agree. Most of us agree. Oh, maybe we'll get into that. Um, 66% said Silver Chair was the second darkest. Um, so in, instead of just having a, um, instead of having a just general discussion about, well, what do we mean by dark? I thought it would be more effective to, well, let's have the two of us 
come up with a list of here are moments that we consider dark, maybe the, maybe the darkest moments in the series, and let's compare our list and say, well, why do you call that dark? Why do I call that dark? And this isn't about who's right and who's wrong. This is about, okay, this is what movie Aristotle means when he says dark. This is what Glumpuddle means when he says dark. Hopefully that'll be helpful to me, to you, and to the listeners. And so we can use these as examples to discuss the nature of darkness in storytelling. Exactly. Then. Oh, very um, nice. It's always intimidating when it's like, okay, uh, here's these seven books, but you only get three. So movie Aristotle gets three. I get three. I don't know what's on his list. He doesn't know what's on mine unless he hacked my Google Doc. Which is why I have a fourth one, just in case exactly. you took one of mine. <laughs> but, yeah, if we ever do, maybe we'll do an episode one day of saddest moments in Chronicles of Narnia, and I don't think any of these will be on that list. It's, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. We have really sad moments um, that aren't necessarily dark. And I would just... Um, Request, I, I, you know, everyone. I hope you post. Everyone listening, I hope you post a comment. If you've never posted a comment on Talking Beast episode, I hope this is your first one. But before that, um, undoubtedly there will be a. But how could X not be on your list? How this is so dark? How could it not mm. be there? And just pause for a moment and consider. It might be that movie Aristotle and Glumpuddle have a different definition of dark than you. I mean, I'll just go ahead and spoil part of my list. Uh, wait, before you do, I'll say that. It's actually, this was actually, there were more choices than I thought. I thought originally that I would have to force myself to find two examples in every book of something uh-huh. that, I, that I would term dark. But once I started thinking about it, it was like, oh, actually, you know, that there's this and there's that. Or, uh-huh. you know, and so it's, it's actually, there are lots of great answers to these questions. So uh-huh. there's no way that we could fit them all. But please, go ahead and yeah. spoil your list a little bit. Yeah. Well, not exactly spoil my list, but this is something that's not on my list. And it's a lot of people in the comments. Um, thank you very much. Uh, a really quick shout out. Talking Beast Facebook group. Uh, people that helped post some of their darkest moments. It, it reminded, you know, it was really helpful to get reminded of some. Yeah. And thanks if, there's, to- if there's one that we missed... Go take a look at that thread. Yes, because exactly. There are some, there's some great answers to yes. that. Um, so just a super quick shout out. Thank you, David, Clifford, Kevin, Cody, Anthony, Jonathan, Dale, Leanna, Laura, Rebecca, Tim, Michael, Jason, Amanda, Nick, Julie, Emily, Joanne. Thank you uh, for uh, posting your darkest moments in the Talking Bees Facebook group. Thank you. Um, but so one, a, a lot of people mentioned um, Erebus's forced marriage and mm. al- almost suicide and Horace and his boy. That's not on my list, even though that's really upsetting and that's horrible, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, spoiler alert, that was on my long list, but didn't make my short yes. list. It made my long list, too. Um, I mean, the but, suicide part of it did. Anyway. Yes. But so it's, that is, um, it's not, and it doesn't Attempted quite suicide. hit my definition of dark, even though I think it's horrible. So it's not that. Um, it's uh, if it's not on my list, not because well, obviously Glumpuddle thinks that arranged marriage is. I guess he doesn't think it's that bad or something. It's like no, we're we're, to, we're just talking. I think that's horrible, but we're talking about dark. And well, maybe over the course of this episode, we'll start to figure out what my definition of dark actually is because I'm not entirely sure. Um, let's stop meandering and get going. Do you want to go ahead? Uh, so once again, movie or saddles got three. I've got three. Uh, what's the first one on your list? Okay, so I'm going to go with the the more, like, the one that probably makes the most sense first. And I'm going to go with Sorcery and Sudden Vengeance. To me, Prince Caspian. Okay. from Prince Caspian, there is the, the horrid idea of, of not just the witch coming back, but of the ghost of the witch yeah. being able to come back. I mean, it just adds another dimension of horror to that. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, the, 
the fact that there is a hag and a werewolf partaking in this conversation and all of their their sort of dark and creepy hints and the you know the werewolf speech is creepy and scary and whatnot so there's all of all of those elements coming together in this sort of dark setting it's it's um that to me i think is probably a a pretty good example of a scene that is both dark and creepy and uh maybe oppressive for all good people who who read it or at the very least for the good people who are in the story in that situation kind of living through that so this one actually though this is i'm glad you did this one first because the goal here is to figure out what does movie aristotle call dark what do i call dark um and this one didn't even really make my long list Mm. um i think it's a scary scene i think it's a creepy scene um but somehow it doesn't hit dark for me um so let's get a step further to see what Glumpuddle sure. thinks is dark. So this is the first. I um this is the um to me this is the one that jumped out as the oh this is an easy one. It mm. might even be on both of our lists. I saw it pop up you know a lot uh, when I was asking people about this. Um, so the first one I'm on my list comes from what is reputed to be apparently the second darkest Narnia book, The mm. Silver Chair. Uh, and it involves eating talking stag. Mm. Um, so Paulo Glum, Jill, and Eustace are at Harfang. And um, here's, I th- honestly, what really makes the scene dark is that Lewis spends some time talking about how Jill was enjoying what she was eating. She had never had it before. And, oh, and she, she was liking it. And Paulo Glum says, stop eating. And he overhears the giant sort of saying, oh, then this, t- this tastes really good. Well, that stag was a liar then. And they realize they've been eating talking stag. Let me pull up um, once the re- revelation hits them. It's a, it's a slow it reveal, It kind of is too. a slow reveal. Yeah, Lewis writes, This discovery didn't have exactly the same effect on all of them. Jill, who was new to that world, was sorry for the poor stag and thought it rotten of the giants to have killed him. Scrub, who had been in that world before and had had at least one talking beast as his dear friend, felt horrified, as you might feel about a murder. But Puddleglum, who was Narnian-born was sick and faint, and felt as you would feel if you found you had eaten a baby. We brought the anger of Aslan on us, he said. That's what comes of not attending to the signs. We're under a curse, I expect. If it was allowed, it would be the best thing we could do to take these knives and drive them into our hearts. So, what's making this dark to me? Um, and the first off, there's something that Jill enjoying it and not realizing what she's eating. Hmm. Um, I find so unsettling. Um, and unsettling. It, it, I think that's a key word. That's a that's a very key word. Thank uh-huh. you for using it. I th- I also think um, there's a correlation between, for me at least between dark and disturbing. They seem to go somewhat hand in hand. Um, Jill is eating something. It's just food, but we realize oh that was basically a person. You know, hmm. it's that something that is a person being treated like it's just a thing that I find so unsettling and so uh, d- disturbing. And then the idea that um, Puddle Glum is talking about, we've, we're meddling with forces so much bigger than us, like the curse of Aslan is on us. We have broken a law of nature and we can never undo it. The idea that there's forces, there's laws in nature that are so much bigger than us that... I can just imagine his fear um, and uh, in awe of that. And so 
I find that dark, and I'm, tr- I'm even now struggling to articulate exactly why. It's, I, I think that it's it's one of those this was one of those things that it's such an unpleasant idea. This is such an unpleasant scene to say the least. But mm. I can't stop thinking about it. I've spent so much time pondering this scene and mulling it over. I'm uncomfortable talking about it, despite the uh-huh. fact that this was uh-huh. on my short list as well. This now frees me up to choose something else for one of my three. But I'll I'll just wait. Say, wait. Wait. Was this on your three? I, yes, it was on my three. Oh, okay. It was on my th- on my short but list. But now you're gonna uh, deviate here. So, okay. uh, yeah, I I I will in a moment. But to kind of sum up, that scene in particular was what was on my list. The fact that they crossed the line. Uh-huh. But it's also part of that lovely twist that we get a few scenes later, where they're gonna where be they eaten. discover the cookbook and they discover they are on the menu. That's dark. They are. Uh-huh about to meet the same fate as the uh as the poor right poor yep. stag uh-huh yeah i it's not that's something i ponder much consciously the fact that i'm not just a thing i'm a person but i absolutely believe that and i think when i see that belief that core belief that i don't think about get kind of challenged i think that's unsettling you know uh, it's something that I believe so much, I don't really think about it. I think that's what it is. Something that a truth I hold so, it's just so obvious and assumed is being like challenged. I'm being like shook inside. And that's why I kind of can't stop thinking about it, even though it's really unpleasant. So um, so that's first on my list of some of the darkest moments. And one of the reasons is I just, I often think about it. Often th- It'll often come to me and I'll go, ooh, I'll just mull it, I'll just fixate on it for a little bit even though it's horrible that particular scene that particular scene yeah it like looks come even not not just when you're preparing for the podcast just in general just unbidden like if, if something re- will remind me of it and then like oh then i'll just I'll, i can't stop thinking about it for like a, 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 the rest of the day or something oh i'm um, for the whole rest of the day maybe i'm sorry for a period of time okay like, i don't know i, I have a time pretty my, haunting i've time myself but it's this obviously horrible unpleasant idea that i i can't, often kind of can't can't get out of my head. If you if you ever need to talk, I'll I'll let you know. You have my number. Good. Support group. The, <laughs> the, oh, they're the out Narnian there. Cannibalist no, support I he- group. I hear so many people. So many people out there bring this one up. I, I, it, we could probably use that, that support group. So we'll let you know. Next on my list. Well, that was the second one on my list. Okay. So now I'm now I'm I'm looking through. I know what I want to choose as last. So now I'm making a last-minute uh, decision from my long list as far as what I want to put on my short list. Scrolling on his phone right now, you making a decision. You know what? I'll I'll go. So the next one on my list. Um, <laughs> wow! In real time, he's going to make a decision here. Here's what I'll use as my third one because it's disturbing. Okay. Um, is Rabadash the Ridiculous? Okay. That, one, that ah. one's something that I've always thought is is disturbing. Actually, whenever anyone... Okay, I am so cheating right now. Whenever anyone turns into something that they're not is disturbing. So actually, ah. I'm, changing, I'm changing my vote. Because Rabadash the Ridiculous, in the context of the story, is meant to be kind of funny and kind of... Wait, y- so is Rabadash the Ridiculous on your list or not? It's on the long list, but I've changed my mind. That's this not is the one that I'm going to use. I am so cheating, I will admit well, it. Let me briefly talk about all the scenes I'm not going to include yeah. on the list, okay? Okay, I've made up my mind. I've made up my Mind. Okay, what okay. is it? Go, okay. It is the um it is the romp from Prince Caspian. 
I've 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 made my decision. This is this this is the second one from Pitts Caspian. It is Bacchus and Silenus. Not Bacchus and Silenus so much as like the judgment on certain people in town, like the schoolboys oh, and the idea that they might have been turned into pigs or the the man who turned into what a rose bush or something uh-huh. like that. I think the man turning into the rose bush is probably the creepiest to me and that the those are those are both things that get me on a on a gut level of just being unsettling Whoa. but i think i think the man turning into the rose bush is probably the is the more unsettling of the two i di- i don't even like that in like in greek myth you know when uh-huh. when some uh you know someone gets turned into an animal or something like that or someone gets turned to stone i mean it's it it's kind of creepy um so sure. uh, so in in the context of prince caspian um, you know, it's just something unsettling about that. Sure, I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, and I think uh, it might be akin to what you were talking about earlier in the in the the cannibalism scene in Silver Chair. It's kind of this a little bit, but it's kind of this dehumanizing. Uh, but do you think that's what was intended by Lewis? Do you think that's supposed to be a dark moment? Uh, probably not. But it's unsettling to me. So. Okay, okay. It's funny I, in general. Like it's. People, you're not the first person that has brought up brought that up. Is well, that was weird or that freaked me out a little bit. But I think I'm caught up in the joy of the moment. Uh, I'm caught up in the the joy of you know the boys not being whipped anymore and just the, the joy other boys of not being bullied or Nar- no, it was the Nar- school teacher who was not getting bullied by the yeah. Nar- the Narnia's been oppressed by boys. nasty people and now it's being woo freedom, you know and. Now, yeah, you could absolutely, if you're not caught up in the moment, which I, I, I understand, the ending of Prince Caspian, it's not, it's not amazing. I like Prince Caspian, but it is 7 out of 7. Um, but I, it, in general with that scene, to me, it's, it's, I guess it's, just, it's so absurd. It's more funny and joyful than it is. It, 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 like, I don't think about the thing that makes it disturbing. Like, but when you stop and ask me about it, like, yeah, that's a little weird. But in the flow of the story, I'm more struck by the joy so uh, and what it represents. So it's sort of similar to what we were discussing last time, or at, or at least I don't remember if it was last time on the podcast or some other time we've been together. But when you were talking about Lacerline and her threat of boiling people alive they're beaten and to death and burned alive beaten, yep. and kept on bread and water for six weeks i mean like that 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 to me that's funny but if you stop and think about it that uh, is kind of like if you were the, uh-huh. the servant or slave that was that was the, uh, the amount of influence she has with that, you know this careless you know her of all people she yes, has all of this has power all this power and influence yeah sure and yeah, and we talked about it in the last episode. Yeah, like is that fun, more funny or is it dark? Um, and we decided it was more funny. I think. But okay, so um, this one in particular, for the romp for, for, from Prince Caspian, I find this more disturbing. You find it more, yeah, like part of. Oh, isn't that? Isn't, I, I, isn't I, that I, I, funny? I, I'm. I, I remember that as a joyful scene on the whole. Absolutely, but um, but you're fixated on the, um, on the weirdness of that, which I which I do which I do understand, and, and uh, so I, I think what Lewis's intention, Lewis achieved his intention with me, and uh, w- with you, unfortunately, he didn't. Um, I I uh, you know don't get me wrong, I'm happy that you know the the boy. Or that the, I'm happy the boy is not being beaten. I'm happy uh-huh. that the school teacher uh-huh. is uh, no longer maybe pressured by the bully bully school maybe boys. Maybe they'll be happier as, as pigs. Maybe the boy. Maybe the man will be happier there's, as a rosebush. You know, there's there's apps. <laughs> 
He might be. I don't. He. I don't know. But like, there's Lewis even says that's how I see it. Lewis doesn't. <laughs> Lewis doesn't say that the schoolboys turned into pigs. He just says that maybe they were. He made that pigs the boys were. Ne- it was said that the boys were never seen again. Maybe they were eaten by the pigs. Some pigs were seen in that area, and <laughs> which so also is funny. Maybe again. the maybe the boys and went again, out to the I wild laugh. and and uh, were pig farmers. That could be it. I, I don't know. <laughs> See, again, Lewis Mates makes a joke about it. That's another. Like, he's like, no, we, no one ever found out what happened to those boys, but there were some pigs in the area that weren't there before. And oh, and that, he, he makes me catch up. And uh, so, again, that makes me laugh. And that tends me more towards the joy part of it. But it's not like I don't understand what you're saying. Because uh, um, I, uh, I think, especially reading the scene out of context, is when I have that feeling. Mm. But if I'm just reading the book and I'm caught up, I'm just, it's been so, uh, well, dark, I guess. It's mm. been uh, kind of a dreary story. And then all of a sudden, the joy of, oh, old Narnia's back. Um, so I do see where you're coming from. I, I think it's maybe the I irreversible nature of it, too. Like with Rabidash, well, maybe maybe he was turned, a temporary thing. He Who was knows? turned into a donkey, but you know there was a prescription uh-huh. for a cure. Right, and so as far as we know, this is forever. It, um, yeah, as far okay. as we know, this other stuff is forever. If it happened at all with right. the schoolboys, okay. All right, oh, yeah, I love this one for the comments. Uh, is that scene uh, uh, with uh, the boys turn be turned into pigs? Presumably, the guy being turned into a bush and all that. Is it dark or is it funny? What do you think? Or is it just creepy? Uh, speaking of scenes that are on that line between dark and funny, mm. um, that's the next one on my list. Mm. Uh, and you have already alluded to it at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, the scene that uh, – this is a scene that is interesting because it was, in fact, on my – maybe this is cheating. I don't know. But it was on my list of funniest ep- – uh, funniest. I was about to say, if it's the one yes. I'm thinking of, like so, that does seem like cheating in a different way. You, you, I you ha- can't possibly be using the yes. same one yes. in both podcasts. Yes. On my list of funniest Narnia episodes, <sighs> I had – or funniest moments in the Chronicles of Narnia, I had where Rishta – uh, finally comes face to face with Tash, and Tash says, Shutter. "Thou hast called me into Narnia, Rishta Tarkan. Here I am. What hast thou to say?" That was on my funniest nar- moments in Narnia. It is also on my darkest moments in Narnia. It made both lists. I decided. Um, there you go. And, uh, and well, I, I agree. It is a dark moment. I I didn't necessarily agree it was a comedic moment. Okay, but so it, so okay, I forgot about that. So you were kind of confused about well, how is this on your funny? How is it, how is this on your funny list? But you agree it's at its proper home on my dark list. Um, it it does belong on the dark list. Okay. that is for sure. And you, so you you gave a, a an explanation as to why it was on your funny yeah, list. Yeah, and I can't so. quite remember what it was, but I've thought it I've th- I've thought it through a little bit for this one. Here's what it is. Like if you look at it like as a reader. I think it's a little more on the funny side because it's nice to get he's a villain getting his comeuppance and he totally deserves it. You know, so it is kind of funny, like, ha, the irony, you know, kind of um and but imagining it from his perspective, it's dark. Um I'm not letting him off the hook by any means, but to suddenly realize I imagine he every word he'd spoken about Tash and Aslan suddenly came into his head at that moment and he realized you're saying they were real, and now I'm face to face with one, and I just, I don't want to let him off the hook, but I feel a little bit of pity for him. Well, he, even though it's horrible, but I feel like that's dark to suddenly realize, be in that position of I was treating something so flippantly, and it's not the least important thing in the world. It's not a uh, this just these names people throw around. This is like 
these are huge forces I can't possibly comprehend, and here it is in front of me. And then seeing Tosh face to face, I I admit that is a a dark moment for him. Yeah, I think uh, the connection between this and the the previous one on my list is um, the idea of dealing with forces that are way bigger you, bigger than you. You can't possibly understand that kind of fear of oh my gosh. Uh, I should. I am so little in a huge universe. I think is uh, one of the themes I've seen in those first two ones on my list, and also that idea that you're dealing with forces, you know, that ought not be meddled with, uh-huh. is something that that scene shares with that sorcery and that's, sudden that's, vengeance. That's, that's, scene. that's a good point. Okay. Okay. Cool. Next one on your list. All right. We've, we've each got one more to go. One more to go. Now this is kind of this this last choice is probably my top choice, probably one of the easiest choices to make. Um, but now I realize, as I'm about to introduce it, I've sort of changed my definition of dark yet again. Just the, in the course of this conversation. Well, I mean this this particular answer is dark in a in a different way. It still okay. gets me from a, a gut perspective, um, but or on a gut level, I should say, not because it's creepy or scary but because it's so sad it is such a gut punch it is dark from a a level of um the fact that hope is robbed from the characters in the story i think that's the real reason for it and the uh scene that i'm talking about is the massacre of the horses in the last okay, battle, I'm glad as, this is on your list. As they come charging up to uh-huh. to help Tyrion yes. and our and our heroes, um, I th- that moment was just so shocking. I, I've let, I, let me read it really quick. I've actually got it pulled up right do. here. Yes, please <clears throat> do. So um, this is uh, you know they hear the galloping hooves coming towards them during the battle. And Lewis writes, Pog and the dwarf and the children opened their mouths to cheer, but that cheer never came. Suddenly, the air was full of the sound of twanging bowstrings and hissing arrows. It was the dwarfs who were shooting, and for a moment, I'm getting chills reading this, and for a moment, Jill could hardly believe her eyes. They were shooting the horses. Dwarfs are deadly archers. Horse after horse rolled over. Not one of those noble beasts ever reached the king. So there are three reasons, I think, that I can think of as, as you were reading that, of why that is such a gut-wrenching scene. Wow. First of all, I believe that's the first point in the scene where the dwarves are officially traitorous to Narnia. Yeah, They we, turn we, we, their back the, on the king or in an earlier scene. The, they've been saying the, the, the dwarves are for the dwarfs, and we know they're not really aligned with Narnia anymore. But, but this is the first time that they're actively against. firing against the Narnians uh-huh. in battle. They've uh-huh. actually drawn a battle line and decided that we are, you know, I mean, that... You know that we are we are definitely not on your side, and we're not just passively not on your side. We are actively not on your side. So it is the final step in the betrayal of the dwarves uh-huh. against their country. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so that's reason number one that that is dark. Um, reason sure. number two is probably the the juxtaposition of the majesty of these horses galloping to the rescue. It's about to be an awesome triumphant moment it's about to be an awesome scene and then seeing all these majestic creatures being 
shot down uh -huh. by these arrows. And then that last bit, not one, not one reached of those okay. noble beasts. It's just like not one of them survived. It's it's that it's it's the salt in the wound. It's not just that the uh -huh. dwarves fired on the horses. That's bad enough. That's bad enough. You know that they're traitorous and that they're shooting down these noble beasts. But the fact that they shot down all of them. To, to there's of no more. There's no cavalry uh -huh. coming. I just have this image of. Like, you know, the horses were about to come right up to Tyrion and say, we're, we're reporting for duty, sir. What do we do? Kind of thing. And I just had this image of Tyrion's feet and just nothing in front of it. Like, the horses were supposed to come up there, and they didn't. And it's almost something it's, – it's so wasteful. The waste of it. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And it was something that should have happened, was supposed to happen, and didn't. And why? Because – the dwarves of all people would have been bad enough if it was just uh, the, uh, uh, the the Kalormans that did it or something. That would have mm -hmm. been bad too. But yeah, so it's all these factors playing um, playing with each other, and it's also it's this moment of hope for me as a reader. It's like the horses are coming. It seems like they're going to save the day. You get this you get this little taste of hope, then it gets instantly snatched away from you in the worst possible way. And the last battle is particularly bad about that bad in a good way in other words lewis really wrote the story very well because it's not one sheer descent into like darkness that up and down and up and down all the way through the book of you know at this moment they think that well they're giving up and they're done at the next moment they think ah oh, we've got a solution like, well, we're gonna when do when they this. have puzzle they think that oh we'll just show off puzzle and then shift turns it around and and turns and it against them. Exactly. Pulls and the rug that happens out so... Yep. I mean, uh -huh. if, if, if you charted that out, the, uh -huh. if you charted out the plot of the book, you know, that's not the only moment. There are all these ups and downs. It's like do doors getting slammed in your faces again and again. You, you think that yes. this is going to be... Okay, things are okay now. No, they're not. Actually, they're terrible. And um, I think the horses like were okay. one of the last... You know, kind of the last yeah. ones. I mean, they're, 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 they're in, the, in the thick of battle now. And like the horses were like one of the last hopes that they had yeah. of of yeah. preserving Narnia. Right. Okay. The um. So I'm glad. Really glad you had that one. Uh. The last one on my list is um also from the last battle, and um I find it a little earlier in the story, and I just find it upsetting. I guess. And well, what's the word I'm looking for? Dark. And it's the moment when um, Ginger walk goes into the stable, a talking beast. And emerges not a talking beast. Um, mm. And let me just read that really quick. Um, what followed was rather horrible. Tyrion felt quite certain, and so did the others, that the cat was trying to say something. But nothing came out of his mouth except the ordinary ugly cat noises you might hear from any angry or frightened old Tom in a backyard in England. And the longer he caterwauled, the less like a talking beast he looked. Uneasy whimperings and little sharp squeals broke out from among the other animals. Look, look, said the voice of the bear. It can't talk. It has forgotten how to talk. It has gone back to being a dumb beast. Look at its face. Everyone saw that it was true. And then the greatest terror of all fell upon those Narnians. For every one of them had been taught, when only a chick or a puppy or a cub, how Aslan at the beginning of the world had turned the beasts of Narnia into talking beasts and warned them. If they weren't good, they may one day be turned back again and be like the poor witless animals one meets in other countries. And now it has come upon us, they moaned. So, um, that's dark. Um, I think Ginger, 
I think you know one of the things that really makes it dark is that Ginger seems aware that it's happening. Like Ginger is like it doesn't mm. happen instantly; it happens gradually. So Ginger's trying to talk, and it seems to be realizing it can't talk. And there's something about when Lewis says, "Ugly cat noises you might hear from any angry or frightened old Tom in a backyard in England." Like he was a person, and now he's just a cat. Mm. Um, and I find that again, he's gone from being a person to closer to just being a thing animals aren't things but closer to that um he's like lost part of his soul i guess what is what it is basically so again it kind of ties into some of the things we talked about before like with the talking stag a person being treated like um a a meal in this case he used to be a person have a soul and have reason now all of a sudden he doesn't the idea that ginger might just run around as a normal cat for the rest of his life of course the world doesn't last long enough for that to happen really but but that image is really upsetting to me. And then we get into another theme on my list, I think, and that's that it makes the animals fear the anger of Aslan. That, um, again, we've obviously done something horrible and messed with forces that are beyond us and look at uh, the punishment in front of us. And um, and the idea that this was hopefully going to reveal the sham in one form or another, but now the animals are more convinced that, well, Aslan must be angry with us. Um, which is a really dark, a dark idea as well. There's a line in the book, you know, it's as if the sun rose and we're a black sun. Um, the thing that we most expected to be our salvation is actually the worst thing you could possibly imagine. It's doom and dread and despair. Um, and that's and a dar- theme, and dark. And that's a theme that 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 is kind of throughout the the last battle of this idea of well, maybe maybe everything that we believed about uh-huh. Aslan being benevolent is wrong and and maybe he is a terror well we you know we uh-huh. we do know he's not a tame lion and yeah. you know and there's that that fear of what the divine could be and the, and what's interesting is Lewis does play up the sort of majesty of Aslan uh-huh. and sort of the 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 fact that the characters should have a fear of Aslan uh-huh. but in the last battle the fear of Aslan is not the same type of fear that characters have in yes, the other books. That's a good point. And I think it, I think you know in English we use the word fear to mean to mean res, you know reverence and respect, but we also mean it to be like terrorized or uh-huh. something. And it's, it's more like that in the last battle. in the last battle. It's not just the fact that they are revering. Aslan. Some characters are, some characters aren't, but it's actually turned into this sort of terror uh, of Aslan, which of course is unhealthy. Uh huh. And uh, I think it's it's in and that's a theme that happens to run through the Chronicles of Narnia. But I think um, what I've learned from going through this process is that what I tend to find things are dark when yeah they make me question things that I just hold on to so tightly to the point where I don't even really consciously question them, and all of a sudden that's being challenged. Um, and I think that's worthwhile. That uh, like, I think that's usually, uh, overall, a healthy thing, even though it might be disturbing or unsettling, or maybe I'm fixating, fixating on it too much. I think often that can be a healthy thing. It can help me process something um, that maybe I should be processing. Um, and uh, it makes me answer questions I otherwise wouldn't. Um, there's... Um, you know, there's uh, moments in, like, as we kind of wrap up and talk about what does dark even mean, like, there's, I kind of want to get to, like, why did, I think darkness can be a good thing um, in, in storytelling. Um, 
like Breaking Bad is my favorite TV show ever, but there's a character death at the very end that I think is just in poor taste because it doesn't feel truthful. It just feels like they're just reveling in the nastiness of a character dying. It's um, whereas um, I think the scenes I mentioned here reveal some truth, um, and and that's why. Um, and I think there's darkness is not um, just like look. Batman v Superman is not a dark movie. Um, it's true the color palette is dark. It's true there's a lot of sad people in it. Sometimes I know why they're sad. Sometimes I'm not really sure. That Batman v Superman is just a dreary movie. It's not dark. I'm glad you brought up the word dreary because to put kind of a, a a button on a conversation long ago in the forums, when people say the silver chair is dark. I kind of came to the realization when I say the silver chair when I when I thought the silver chair was the darkest book what I really meant was it was the dreariest book because it's almost almost without question the last battle is the darkest book uh-huh. or at least the first half of the last battle is uh-huh. but I think dreary is would be I think silver chair is the dreariest book and well, we can talk about that in the poster chatter because I think it does deserve the spot if this is the second darkest Narnia book just cuz there are a couple more scenes I considered from Silver Chair. Because the book is about despair, I think. Of, Well, we'll get into that in the post-show chatter. Um, but, but when it comes sure. to the purpose of dark moments in storytelling, um, you mentioned that it, it, it can be good to have dark moments in a story. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it's because you can learn from them. And to me, when I... They reveal the jo- help reveal the joy well, as well. That's where I'm going, yeah. going with, is that when you have a dark moment in a story, it's Almost, its purpose is almost like a blackboard, so you can have some chalk t- to actually have something written upon okay. it. It's the backdrop okay. for all that. Nice, you know, bringing like Lord of the Rings into as an example. You know, the there's a lot of of bad stuff happening in that story and a lot of drama in that story. Uh-huh. But what comes to the forefront is the heroism and the courage and sure. the valor the, you, and all this sort of stuff. You, that's what you remember. When you put the book down, that's that's the stuff that sticks with you, even though there's certainly darkness in it. Just like when you're, you know, in a class and somebody's writing on a blackboard, you don't remember the uh-huh. the board, you remember what's written on yeah. it. So I guess if we talk a if we're having discussions about Netflix adaptations and we, we ask the question, well, should the Narnia, should these adaptations be dark if they're being faithful to the book? I mean, we would probably say, well, if, they, if they're faithful to the book, they will have darkness in them, for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, you wouldn't want to walk out of the theater or turn off the TV or computer or whatever with that feeling because that's not the feeling I'm left with when I put down the Chronicles of Narnia for sure. Definitely not. You and shouldn't go into the story saying, Oh, I'm going to make this uh-huh. dark yeah. because that's not well, that's true ultimately general. what the story is about. Even the last battle, when it's all said and done, well, it's not about the darkness. The darkness There's is all, it's the backdrop sure. for the joy that comes sure. in the last part and of the, the book. The darkness is a means to an end. And that's true in general, like anything in a story, if you have an action scene, hopefully you don't have an action scene just for the sake of having an action scene. Hopefully it's there because it serves the story. Exactly. And that, that, that's, so that's true with a, almost anything, that you have darkness in a story because it's serving a purpose. In the case of The Last Battle, you have to get, we're questioning everything we've ever believed about Aslan, what the characters are. And you have to do that to set up uh, the joy at the end. Um, Silver Chair is so much about the despair. Narnia itself doesn't know what its future is. It doesn't know, it's going to be left without a king and it's not clear what's going to happen after that. Um, 
you know, Jill and Eustace are at Experiment House with six weeks of term to go and no end in sight. Um, and Rillian being in the darkness of Underland for years and years and years and absolutely no hope in sight. So it's how do you respond to absolute despair, which Puddle Glum against all odds, uh, against all odds turns out to be the model of how to hang on to that hope in the midst of despair. Which, by the way... I'm totally letting you get away with all these cheats because I cheated earlier oh. <laughs> mentioning all of these other scenes. Okay. Well, we, we can do a, an episode about the, the brightest moments in the Chronicles of Narnia The brightest well. moments. The moments of joy. And, and you know what? If you're listening to this and if this was too much of a downer, well, you know, just go back and listen to the Funniest Moments podcast if you haven't before. Or even if you have, go and listen to it again and see if you agree with our choices of, of funniest moments. I think it's worth yeah, uh coming back to something really quick and saying that dark and sad are not the same thing. And I think or that's not how we use them anyway. Mm. And to be clear again, these are um, us sorting through what we think darkness is. You may have a different definition. Um, you know and what? I would just remind you uh, really quick, if you're going to post a comment, which I hope you do, just think if you're going to say, why was scene X not on your list? How could you possibly not have Aslan's death on your list? Surely that's the darkest moment in the whole series. Maybe I had pre- we had pretty much the same experience with Aslan's death, for example, that you did, but we're just using different words to describe it. Um, and maybe it's on our long list, yes. which you can hear in the post Great segue. Chatter. So, yes, we're going to be talking about, in a moment here, uh, link in the description, uh, scenes that did not quite make our list, many of which some of us shoehorned a little bit into the episode anyway it's a um, bonus so there's a good chance if it if it was a scene that you can't believe was not on this list it will be in the post show chatter which will be linked in the description thank you patreon supporters we hope you enjoyed this episode of talking beast the narnia podcast visit narniweb.com to join our community and stay up to date on the latest narnia news visit patreon.com slash narniweb to support this podcast and get exclusive access to more content including our post show discussions Please post a comment below or in the Talking Bees Facebook group. Special thanks to all our Patreon supporters, especially our Knights of Narnia Web. Until next time, further up and further in. Mm-hmm.